Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. But what happens when you do drink on a plane? Uh, we're told that it can have a different effect. I know a lot of people who actually don't drink any alcohol on a plane, uh, but is that a real thing or not? We want to get a little bit more information on it. Desmond Latham is an aviation expert. Uh, Desmond, a very good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? How I'm pretty well. How are you? I am. You sound top of the top of the world as usual. <laughs> uh, yeah, having my own best time. Anyway, so Desmond, uh, and there's no alcohol involved yet. Uh, is it a tr- is it true that that uh, yes. we can be impacted differently when we yes, fly? Yes, definitely are. No question about it. I mean, it's a physiological fact that yeah, and the plane is is compressed at around eight thousand feet, roughly. Right. Uh, which means, you know, once you take off, the plane compression kicks in, and you're not at sea level. It compresses around, some, some planes, 6,500, but right. give or take, take it around 8,000 feet. And in Johannesburg, we're at 5,500, so it's another 3,000 feet higher. Right. What happens, it's called, I mean, it's a pressure differential in your body. So what happens is your body, uh, the amount of oxygen in your blood is reduced slightly by a few percentage points. And oxygen helps in um, keeping you awake and alive, and when you drink, it has an impact on um, the way in which your body can process that alcohol. So the short answer is yes. When you're flying, you, you, it does affect you more. Um, the, 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 the many people, including me when I was younger and more foolish, used to use you know a couple of shots in the air to put myself to sleep on yes. trips. Yes, I've certainly bad done mistake. that. Ooh. That's a very bad mistake. Why? Because it compounds the problems that you have on the other side. So when you arrive after jet lag, your body is so much more wasted and damaged and takes longer to pick up. It tries to fix itself by sleeping and um, resetting its circadian rhythms and so on when you get to the other side of the world. And if you've been drinking on the plane, it makes it more difficult. If you, when you're young, it's, you can get over that more quickly, obviously, because yes. how physiology works. But the older you get, the worse it gets. And so the, the bottom line is, for everyone, you shouldn't really drink on an airplane when you're flying because um, rather uh, find other ways to put yourself to sleep than taking alcohol because it has a really damaging effect on you uh, physiologically um, on the other side especially. So this, that's the long answer. No question about it. So your should you... can't is, process the alcohol in the same way it can at, 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 at sea level or even you know, at 5,000 feet. So should it be a should it be a zero alcohol policy or is it fine to have you know something in moderation? No, I don't think you can say zero. I mean, everyone's different on this, and this is not my point of view. It's a, it's a physiological. Yes, yes, state. yes. But given that people um, have culture, and culture says that they like to drink when they're drinking, so no, I wouldn't say that they should even there shouldn't be any kind of rule on this. Right. Um, at all, it's your you know your prerogative to do it. I'm just giving advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I'm just interested in your advice. Rather drink yeah. uh, a liter or two of water. Right. Watch a movie or three. Um, I just flew back from uh, ten days ago from um, Chicago via right. Atlanta, and that's very nice direct flight. It's thirteen, it's fourteen hours. Um, if you're drinking for half that time or even a third of that time, well, by the time you get here, oh, your body is yeah. so yeah. shattered. I'm 60 now. I, mean, I may have been able to do it in my 20s, but even then, I flew a direct flight to to New Zealand, the first flight that SAA made back after sanctions. I was mm. on board that flight. Yes. Um, I turned around in the airport and flew back with um, rugby supporters to come to watch the first test between the All Blacks and the 
couldn't remember. But uh, it was 24, 25 hours non-stop flying. I was physically ill from that. Mainly I was smoking at the time. Those days you could still smoke. In the oh, airplane. goodness. Wow. If you could remember. And I was drinking. So um, and trying to interview people as a journalist. I've written Tinder too. Um, and uh, I got I got physically ill. I got a form of pleurisy when I landed here. From oh, word. The, the battered body, and I was in my twenties then. So, uh, you know, that, that's the long and short of it. Is that you've got to be very careful when you imbibing on your thing. Um, and the mind writers don't just drink water. Um, right. Check yourself in. Watch a movie or two with a long cry. Go to sleep. Feel your rhythms. And on the other side, your body's hydrated. You don't you haven't damaged it by drinking lots of alcohol to try and pretend that can't feel the pain in your back because you've been sitting there for 13 hours or so right, on. Yes. And the recovery on the other side is swifter, much swifter. And, 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 and I guess maybe that's also partly the reason that we see some very, very suspect behavior. There's more and more articles about people kind of losing it on, on flights. And I wonder how much of this has alcohol involved. You know, besides the fact that you're in a conf, uh, confined space, there's people very, very close to you. You're out of your comfort zone. Uh, maybe people are a little bit anxious. You add alcohol to that. Um, and especially if it, if your body can't process it, uh, properly, and I guess you might well be looking for trouble. Yes, IATA's got a percentage, 75% of those incidents involve alcohol, very similar to road accidents, wow. by the way. The percentage of road accidents with alcohol is uh, cool. So um, the short answer is yes. Um, as people come back, they've forgotten how to act socially in three years, locking themselves away from the pandemic. They're aggressive. Many, many more instances per passenger um, kilometer, they call it, mm-hmm. now than ever before. Um, you know, people just are squeezed into planes. Uh, the, the seats are, are, I mean, the airlines are squeezing people in. You know, the way you get herded around at the airports. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. You, know, you aren't treated particularly nicely. Yeah, yeah, your rotation level rises. You have mm. a couple of shots of whiskey on the plane. Suddenly the person next door to you touches you. All hell breaks loose. Yeah. Is it, are the, are the, um, the flight attendants empowered or, or given guidance in terms of how much they should allow somebody to drink? Somebody has two, yeah. two beers, yeah. six beers. Should they give them the seventh? Yeah, no, they, they are very similar to bar um, operators. That mm-hmm. At a certain percentage, when you can see the person inebriated and you have a legal right to stop. Right. You can legally say, I'm not giving you any more. And, um, and, and it's even more acute in the air where there's all sorts of international laws that impact travelers. And we're not aware of it, but um, basically that air crew person is like a little police man or woman. And um, that's what they turn into up there. And people just regard them as like these, you know, the air crew wandering around with the little skirts or whatever. Meanwhile, they're actually thin cops. Um, right. And they can do all sorts of interviews. And they are empowered to... They are empowered to do it. Legally, they can say no. No more whiskey, no more wine. Fair and it's very common they do that. Yeah. They just try and keep the person as happy as possible. But if the person is becoming rancorous and irritable and, and obviously stirring and causing a problem for other passengers, they, they very quickly act, or supposed to. But when you have 36,000 feet and you're locked in a fuselage of an aircraft with a maniac, it's very hard to deal with that, you can imagine. Even the best trained and most experienced, have, you know, they have a real fear of that situation because of Absolutely. Yeah, the, the person is a redneck and um, drunk, and it's, you know, it's twice their size. Quite difficult to sort that out. Um, Absolutely. So,
Oh, uh, we seem to have lost Desmond there, but we were wrapping up. Anyway, Desmond Latham, who is an aviation expert, talking to us about uh, drinking and flying, drinking and driving, but in uh, the air.